Hey, Stephen. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to season three of What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Stephen Morgan. Stephen is a comedian, improviser, musician, and writer. He's joining us today from his home in the Netherlands, where he's a cast member, performer, and teacher with Amsterdam's Easy Laughs. He's a regular on the English language scene around mainland Europe, and he hosts the popular comedy night LYFAO. He's also the host of Real Power Talk, a comedy interview series launched in conjunction with the media company All Things Loud. This week, Stephen and I are going to get to know each other through four songs. Two are his picks and two are mine. For the best listening experience, I recommend tuning into the show on Spotify. There, you can hear the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. You can also find the show on Apple, Amazon Music, or wherever you stream. But if you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Stephen, what are you listening to this week? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jen. Uh, the first song I've been listening to this week is from a Welsh band called The Bug Club, and the song is called It's Art. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to dig in about this song, Stephen. I love this song. I had no idea. I always like call it out when a guest brings a band or a song that's new to me to the show. Um, and this was not a band I was familiar with, and I loved it. And I think that as we go through the playlist, I think the listeners will discover how your picks sort of influenced my picks in terms of what I was listening to. That happens a lot. Sometimes I'll get guest songs, and then I'm like, oh, what does this sound like? Or what does this remind me of? So more to be revealed there, but um, let's talk about the Bug Club. How did you find this band? Tell me about the song, why you chose it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a funny one to me as well. It was a recent discovery. Um, so I'm living, I'm a Welsh guy living here in the Netherlands, and uh, one of my local venues is just one of those venues which uh, has such a good booker that you just kind of go there and know that they're going to be uh, some great bands playing, you know, it's just like, it's just got that. that level of quality. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kind of like, if you've got no plans, yeah, let's see what's going on there. And this was one of those bands where literally I never heard of them before. Uh, and then my, like my interest was piqued because I'm from Wales and this, 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 I mean, there's some really good Welsh music, but not so much that uh, escapes from the UK. Uh, and I heard this and it just like ticked all of my boxes, this kind of anti-folk style, the lyrics just with that kind of uh, acerbic sort of uh, cutting, but satirical like slant to them. I mean, a song called It's Art, you just know it's just like a send up of the whole kind of uh, the art scene and uh, the, the kind of ridiculousness of some of it and some of the people in it. And that delivered with such a simple song and such a sort of deadpan, you know, style where and, and inexplicably throwing in sort of like a, a sort of really eighties guitar riff right in the middle. And that just stands out like a mile. Uh, it's just one of those ones so where good. I listened once. And then I've, since then I've listened must be like 10, 15 times. It's so good. And I think too, like it also seemed to touch on a little bit about like the sort of the ridiculousness of trying to like pinpoint and label and put in a box different kinds of art. 
right? That was kind of a takeaway that's for it. me too, that that's kind of like an effort in futility, right? Like art is art. Yeah, exactly. And I can completely, because I know the place that they're from as well, which added another level to me is like, there's no scene there. There's not going to be a place where it's like, ah, yeah, there's not, you know, they haven't got that local venue like I have here in Utrecht. They're just going to have some pub where people start fights. So right. I can imagine these like real outsider uh, people just making music and just being like, damn, we're just making things that are good that we like, you know, that's, that's how it works. And it just resonates with me strongly. I love the song. I did too. And I love that you kind of get the feeling of, well, I had read that they were a Welsh band. And so I was kind of like, I, I love too, that you could almost feel that in the music a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I yeah. love that when you get kind of like a hometown flair, I know what you mean by that. Like it, like it kind of seeps into the music. Um, my husband's yeah. from Ireland. And so oftentimes when we hear bands, you know, Irish bands, we're like, oh, especially ones that come from Limerick where he's from. We're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that sounds like, you know, they're straight out of Castle Troy or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I, yeah, and, it's a, and it's, a, it's a subtle thing as well, because sometimes you can get artists who, you know, there's some uh, English artists, for example, who do that whole kind of uh, London accent thing. And it almost sounds like a, a, a cliche of the different stereotypes of a nation. But with this, right. it's like there's a sort of slight Welshness to it. But at the same time, you're just like, they're just doing their thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It just comes out. <laughs> And it feels authentic. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. feel like they're trying too hard in the slightest. And sometimes that's where I have yeah. problems a lot of times or where I don't love like a, you know, like a Jack Stauber or somebody or like a, yeah. I, then I go like all the way back to like the 80s to a band like the Tom Tom Club or something like that, you know, where I'm like, I, it didn't resonate because it felt forced. And this felt so natural to me. And so that's just like really on the level. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good point, actually. I, and I also think that that's kind of just a general cultural shift, not just in music, of the fact that we're in general more willing to accept things that don't sort of spell out what it's about, you know, where it's not just super in your face of like, yeah, this is this is the thing we do. You know, we're just much yeah. more open as time goes on to kind of like go, OK, they're alluding to some things. I guess they don't even understand it themselves, but they're just making it happen. And then we just like work, all work it out together. Well, and I think with something like this, it would be really easy to fall into parody and they never do. Right. You know, it never yeah. feels like a parody. But oh, um, yeah. I am. I am interested while we're while we're talking about parody. I want to talk a little bit more about Real Power Talk, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so tell me about how that came into being. Like, I know that the, you know there's a couple of like fake bands or spoof bands that you guys call to the pups come to mind. The Canadian band. Um, well, so yeah, the the bands themselves are actually 100 percent real. So are they? they? Are, yeah. So it's the, the the company I do it through. It's a company I've done some writing for before. So they. They often interview, photograph, and just like bands coming through the Netherlands, like uh, this, you know, the whole kind of like press junket. There'll be just yeah. like the standard interviews you have. Tell me about the latest album, uh, you know, influences, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, depending on the artist. And there was just kind of like this feeling because I've done a lot of those interviews too. That it's like it's just a little bit deflating for everyone involved, you know, because yeah. they've answered these questions a hundred times. The songs they wrote on this this new album are now probably like two or three years old already by the time they've had to record them and start touring them and everything um and so it just had always had this feeling of like okay it's a pleasant conversation but we're all going through like this autopilot and so i had this idea of just like you know what let's um it actually started with a guy called donny bernay uh, an australian artist who okay. sort of has a, a larger than life look to him 
Uh, he's got this bald head. He wears like these 80s uh, white suits with the T-shirt underneath. And he's got like this curly hair that just, you know, like a crown around the, the remains there. And so I decided <laughs> to do that interview dressed exactly like him with a fake wig thing on, but just do it in a way where I didn't acknowledge that I was looking different in any way. Just go in there and just be like, oh, you know, good to meet you, you know, I'm a big fan and uh, continue that way. And it was really nice because it was just, uh, it just completely like made the whole thing change and made the whole kind of like uh, dynamic change. And it was just like such a fun, playful conversation. And we could just talk about some ridiculous things. We could talk about like other things that were not directly involved uh, with like his latest album he's promoting. Um, and then after that, I just sort of took it to the next level with Real Power Talk and then created all these different characters who would interview these bands. And it would, you know, as far as the bands were concerned, these were real people, but it's just always in character at that time. And then suddenly they're dealing with these larger than life characters and uh, you've got this combination of them answering questions sincerely, but also with the real kind of uh, WTF uh, <laughs> response of like, is this real? What is actually going on? <laughs> Well, and I loved it because sometimes, you know, like with like a, like, you know, I, th I think back to like Sasha Baron Cohen and like Ali G and Barat right. and things like that. And I think like sometimes as funny as it was, it felt mean spirited. And I liked right. that yours yes. didn't at all. Yours just felt like, and now hearing you explain it, it was just a way to sort of like disarm people. Right. And like, Hey, yeah. we're going to have a different kind of conversation here. This isn't going to be the standard, like, tell me what this song means. You know, like you, I, yeah. I think that that's such a cool way to approach the work. Right. Yeah, and I'm really glad you picked up on that because that's really important to me as well. Because oh, while I do know that the, those those good people do some good things, it's really important to me to make it so that the character who I am is the butt of the joke. It's not yeah. about trying to set someone up. It's not about trying to make them look like fools. It's just about the fact that it's like that the fun in it comes from just like look at this utterly this <laughs> this uh, you know this person who is falling apart in front of you or has these terrible ideas that they think or just has no idea what what even a band is or anything right. about their music you know or what music really is about <laughs> so those sorts of yes. things just are so much more fun to me I loved it. I thought it was great. And I have to say, I really like the Nigel America character. <laughs> that was a favorite of mine. So uh, we'll, we'll, listeners will tell you at the end of the show how you can tune in and check the show out. But it really is. Um, I thought it was really great. And like I said, I was so happy to see that it was like um, really it was friendly and it was engaging and it wasn't mean spirited at all. So I'm really um, that that makes me happy to hear that, uh, that I was reading. I was reading that right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we are we had we had a little bit of mellowness there with Bug Club and I think we're going to like kind of turn it up to 11 for the rest of the episode here, <laughs> Stephen, right? So, tell yeah. me about your second pick. All right. So, this one uh this one is really resonating me with uh, with me lately. This is the Lambrini Girls with uh Boys in the Band. Um a song which they just released the music video for. I think it came out as a single like a week ago. Um, but the song itself came out uh, some time ago. Uh, for me, Lambrini Girls are kind of like they embody uh, a lot of the raw elements of what punk was in the 70s, but uh, yeah. with an incredibly strong feminist um, slant. And, and I wouldn't even call feminist because the fact is, is that the music industry is so... Uh, so fundamentally misogynist and glorifies those sort of attributes that to hear a band who 
outwardly call out some things which shouldn't even need calling out and should be so basic uh it's just oh it's a joy i, I just love the music and i love it, how unapologetic it is me too and i love just the power and the confidence they come with too you know like if yeah. you're going to say the things they're going to say as obvious as they are you have to say them with conviction you have to say them with confidence and yeah. they bring it a hundred times like i just love this song and it was obviously a totally different vibe from your first pick so i was like <laughs> Yes, now we're like cranking <laughs> it up. And I loved both songs, right? Even though they're totally right. could not be more different songs. But I have to I always like call out lyrics. And I like you said, you know, I love the female empowerment message here. But my favorite line, I just like over and over. I'm like, I want this on a t shirt. It says an overnight success just for banging on their chest as we cheer beneath the glass ceiling. And I was like, <laughs> oh, bravo, ladies. Like, how long have we had to sit back and do that? And it, it makes me feel like no more, right? Like, everybody's saying, like, no more. That's basic. That's it. And we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that, 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 I got to say that lyric you as well. That was the one which first made me sort of uh, listen and think like, oh, this is nice. And then, you know, kind of started li actually listening to the music and the lyrics and everything. Because uh, like all the way so through nice. the songs, there's so much uh, I think that they have to say. And it's said really succinctly. You know, it's I love those, uh, those lyricists who basically make these slogans, you know? It's yeah. like these lyrics which are just so compact in like the meaningful sort of message that it gets out that every line you just kind of like feel, damn, if I was a teenager, I'd be putting that in my pencil case. That's, that's something yes. else. Yes, yeah. I totally agree with you. And it's when those lines catch you that I feel like, like I'm immediately hooked to a band almost, right? Like if they can catch me with a lyric or like, I love the way you phrased it as a slogan, you know, then I'm in, I'm hooked for life. Usually I just think that's such a, you know, as a person that writes, um, like I just think it's such a skill, right. To be able yeah. to, to phrase, to turn a phrase like that in a way that resonates in a, with so many people um, and the ability to kind of, again, transcend countries or languages or whatever um, and, and still yeah. make the exact same point. And again, having them deliver it with such confidence and conviction just makes it all the more empower, empowering and real for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I think, you know, even all of what we've talked about is enough to kind of make me want to sit up and take notice. But what's like something we haven't even mentioned yet is I actually think the music is great, too. Like, yes. It just wouldn't work if these songs were just like, okay, well, I like the lyrics, but the music eh, it's me. It's like each of these songs, I'm just like, my God, I'm so excited for that debut album. I really want to hear the whole thing because every yes. time one of them drops and like this one, I think is probably my favorite. It's always that moment of just like, okay this is it's so simple it's so like straightforward but it's just there's just always some sort of hook to them which just kind of like makes you think okay that's that's not where i expected this to go that's 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 cool same. It's fun to be surprised in a song like this. I think <laughs> yeah. I think it gives it another level, right? Because you're like, oh, it's not just, you know, these ladies screaming about being mad. You know, you hear that a lot. <laughs> um, right, it's like right. they're, they're really like they're bringing it. It's like you said, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yes, they are all like strong. The music is strong. They're all like going hard. The entire song is definitely <laughs> yeah. not like it, it's it's a great song and a great band i'm i was so happy to have um a lambrini girls song on the show so <laughs> thank you for bringing that no problem. um 
And clearly that song influenced um, one of my picks here today. So we'll we'll transition into my first pick, which is an old song that I still love um, and has been on repeat with Lambrini Girls um, all week. I can't stop listening. My I think my husband and daughter are starting to get a little worried about the <laughs> loud music they hear coming from my office. But my first pick is a song called Shit List by L7. So I'm going to just like keep us in this lane for a minute, you know, and I hate that like these are deemed like angry female songs or whatever, because I'm like, you know what? It's okay for us to get mad. Dudes get mad all the time, every day, lots. (laughs) And they sing about it. And you know what? So do women. And so it sometimes feels really disheartening that like, you know, women immediately get labeled as like angry for having the song and like man hating and all of these things. And it's none of that. It's none of that. It's that we get mad too. And we need to express it just like anybody else. So I'm curious to know, was this a song that you knew? Were you familiar with L7? Did you know this song? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm very familiar with L7, but I have to admit this album, I definitely didn't listen to as much. And I thought it was nice because he mm. picked one that wasn't like uh, like the biggest song. Um, and they are a band I've got, I, I respect a lot. I like a lot. The whole Riot Girl movement is just one yeah. which I like a lot of the uh, musicians from and yeah leading on from uh, the Lambrini Girls song I was like yeah this is like a perfect like pairing of evolution here um, but also your point as well it's like that you know when they came out it was around the time when Nirvana were breaking and things like that yeah and I always kind of felt like you know it was they were such a great they were such great songs such a great message such a great live band I always felt like L7 should also have been on that next level of popularity you know like mm-hmm. you always wonder it's like what is it that why is it that you know they didn't sort of break out to that sort of being a household name because the music they made was just as catchy just as you know kind of like that perfect personification of like uh this less kind of like grunge post uh you know kind of 80s hair rock sort of mentality throw that shit away we need to like yeah. you know make some good music but like yeah it's i i love listening to l7 and I, and I didn't get a chance to see them on their recent reunion shows but i really do wish i had <laughs> i got to see it so good. And and they still, you know, again, this was one of the first bands where um, kind of like we talked about those lyrics, those lyrics as slogans, you know, they really delivered yeah. for me on that. Like they had they, they did a great job always of putting together, um, you know, a phrase that you're like, yes, I've been wanting to say that for so long and didn't know how and you just did it. Um, and, and then I think, too, like they paved the way not only for bands, you know, like Lambrini Girls, but the first time I have to be honest, the first time I heard Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift from that whole Reputation album, I'm like, this song wouldn't have happened without a song like Shitlist, right? Like, it, it, and she yeah. she doesn't call it Shitlist, but the whole like, you know, I've got a list, I check it twice, yours is in red underlined, you know, like, I'm like, this, yeah. there has to be some sort of like correlation there. And so I always love to go back and say like, some of these artists that didn't get as huge as I think they deserve to be like still give them credit for kind of paving the way for some of these other artists that did, because I really don't know that a song like, look what you made me do, you know, would have happened without a song like shitless, at least in my, in my musical heart, I want to believe that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you mean. And and it's also easy to forget like that, you know, this song came out in the nineties and things are very different now to how they were back then. So 
whilst uh, some of L7's music now might kind of just sound like, oh yeah, you know, I kind of, you know, get where they're coming from, get what this is, you know, you like it or you don't. But like, this is in a, like an environment where people are still getting over Guns N' Roses being the biggest band in the world. Right. You know, it's a very different world than we're in now, you know, and and people totally. sincerely liking it, not sort of just, you know, putting on bandanas and pretending it's like it's cosplay <laughs> or something, you know, right, it's a right. very different atmosphere. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. And and I've always like I've loved this song. I've loved this band for forever. And for me too, you know, they were popular when I was living in Los Angeles. And so um it did. And they they do, like you said, get lumped into kind of that Seattle scene a lot, even though they are an LA band. And so I also have some fondness there for, you know, my California days. I can well, imagine. We're going to round out the playlist with a favorite. I, I'm like, I'm waiting for to get all kinds of feedback from listeners. Like, please stop bombarding us with wet leg, but I can't and I won't. I love wet leg and I will never stop loving wet leg. So just like go for the ride with me, listeners, because they're going to always appear every chance they can. So <laughs> to round out our playlist today, my second pick is a song called C'est comme ça by Paramore and wet leg. So this is a new single um, that came out pretty recently. Um, and again, I've listened to like everything Wet Leg has put out a thousand times. And so I'm like, please, I need a new album so badly because I love this band. Like I cannot stop listening to them. And it was interesting when I saw this, I almost didn't want to listen to this song because it, it, despite the popularity of Paramore, I know people love them. I know they love Haley Williams. I think her voice is beautiful. I was never a fan of that band because I can only associate them with that wake me up song, you know, that I like <laughs> cannot hear ever again or, or ever take seriously. I remember even the first time I heard that song, I was like, is this for real? Like this song sounds like a joke. What's happening isn't, here? And so isn't that Evanescence, that song? Oh yeah, you're right. That is Evanescence. <laughs> okay, there we go. You're right. That's Evanescence. Poor I Paramore. was like, that is not Paramore. That was almost like a Nickelback mistake, right? Where like <laughs> there, yeah, there, there was another episode where somebody called like called out a lyric and was like, was that Nickelback? And we were like, no, no, don't even say Nickelback on the show. You're totally right, though. That was Evanescence. I always get those bands mixed up. Ah, always. Okay, so okay. I never listened to Paramore because I think I think they're Evanescence. Like, that's why <laughs> I just never go there. Um but I think this song is so much like it was funny because I thought it was just a wet leg song until I started digging a little bit more into it. I'm like, oh, Paramore's in here. Like, I just thought it sounded so much like every other what you know, with the strong bass line and the drums and like everything yeah. else by wet leg um, that I didn't even realize it was a collaboration until I went back and like, you know, started digging and looking at who it was. I just assumed, oh, it's a new wet leg track. That's it. Um so tell me what your thoughts are here about um, about wet leg about uh, the song. Paramore, Was it one that you knew? <laughs> right. Well, thank you. Thank God you're on the show today because yeah. I would have. Like... Yeah. No. I, it's funny though when you say that because I actually for the longest time didn't listen to Paramore because uh, I for some reason had it in my head that they were a band that I wasn't going to like. Um, and then actually years later listened to them, you know, long after they were at their peak popularity and then suddenly was like, oh, damn, this is actually 
right up my alley. There are lots of they're songs good. I, so I they're do. good. Yeah. They're good. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I felt like um, I don't know. I don't know where I got it from in my head that I was just like, oh no, it's too poppy or something like this. But no, it's good stuff. And uh, and I, I I didn't. But I mean, like they're not like my favorite band in the world. You know, it's not. Um, but I you know I do like listening to some of it, and it was quite cool to hear that they had like a new album last year. But I did wasn't aware of this remix album or this remixing covers album. Um, and I have to admit, your suggesting this song was my first time listening to this. And then after a oh. while of listening to this, really liking it, I do like Wet Leg a lot as well. And I really like their vibe. And another band who just turned such simplicity into just being so effortlessly great. Um, so I do love the things that they do. Um, and I feel bad because then I listened to the original that this is the cover from. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is nowhere near as good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, you know, and I was like, am I biased just because I've heard the cover first? But I was just like, you've basically taken this song, which is OK. It's I wouldn't say it's one of the better ones here. And I turned it into an obvious single, a really great track. And this, the changes are, you know, they're slight. And like you said, they've basically just taken it and put it through the wet leg machine. And right. uh, it's come out just just so much like cooler or smoother. It's just like this, the vibe to it, you know, you just like before the vocals even kick in, you're just like, yeah, I want to hear more of this. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, they're another, this is Wet Legs, another band um, that I think their lyrics always deliver. Um, and, and again, just like such, I love the, the bass and the drums that always accompany a wet leg tune. And so and not drum and yeah. bass in like the electronic music sense, <laughs> but like the literal sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the production and everything on that. Yeah. It's, that is it. Cause it's just, this. there's not much instrumentation to wet leg, but what yeah. they do use is just so important. And then it just like, it just sounds so good. And also like having a song called like, say, come so you're just like, oh, of course that's a West wet leg song. You know, that's, I didn't even think that it was a could be a, a cover at first because I'm like that is so what they would uh, call a song as well. So <laughs> don't even right. question it. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Well, I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad that I had you here today to set me straight about Evanescence and Paramore <laughs> because that would have been crazy. And I promise, listeners, I'm gonna before I get all of like the hate emails about Paramore and confusing them, I'm gonna go and listen as soon as we finish recording today. I'm gonna go listen to Paramore and I will report <laughs> back. Maybe next week we'll have a Paramore song, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one without the cover. <laughs> well, you're right, right. <laughs> <laughs> One that's just them. That's not oh, a repeat. Imagine it was a Paramore's cover of an Evanescence song. You know, that would be a whole <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to get next, right? You heard it here <laughs> first. <laughs> Actually, well, I, I just hope guarantee- that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, and I can yeah. guarantee there will never be an Evanescence song that I bring to the show. So. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> Well, Stephen, thank you so much for sharing what you're listening to this week. I loved ah, getting you, to Jen. know you. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, um, this and listeners, really good. to learn more about Stephen and watch episodes of Real Power Talk, you can visit the Facebook page for Real Power Talk. That's on facebook.com slash Real Power Talk, R-E-A-L-P-O-W-E-R-T-A-L-K. And as always, please be sure to follow, download, and share this show. And if you love listening, please drop us a review on Apple or Spotify. Last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. 
Thanks for listening. And please join me again next week to find your new favorite songs.